Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt, and I am here with... Pastor Todd. We're glad that you're joining us today, and it's been uh, definitely a busy week, busy weekend for both of us, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and you had some stuff going on. Uh, I will say this, though. It was pretty cool. Last night, um, Sunday night, I went to um, this church in North Jersey, in Netcom, New Jersey. They had a speaker in named Frank Turek. He's like an apologist. He's got a YouTube uh, channel and stuff like that. His website's called Cross Examined. But I follow him a lot. Like, you know, I like apologetics. My brother follows him a lot, too. He's got a podcast. He's got a bunch of stuff. Um, and he's actually from New Jersey originally. He grew up in Neptune. So, yeah, right over here. Okay. So, I uh, went, he did a talk on critical race theory. So, oh, interesting. that was really interesting. Took notes and stuff. But it was also just cool to meet him. Like, I got his book and he signed it. And I, like, got a picture with him and stuff. Did so. you give him a marker and be like, sign my arm? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, my, my one friend, he, his wife works at the church now. So, they were there. He helped with the service. And, uh, he was like, yeah, I was making fun of you and your brother because you guys were fanboying, fanboying so hard. I'm like, I know, but I was like, oh, this guy. So that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I have here. I was going to show you. This is it. So he wrote this book. He's got a few books, but this one's I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Okay, okay. And that's, I think it was like the name of his show. And uh, yeah, I told him like, oh, I'm a pastor in Monmouth County. He's like, oh, where? I'm like in Freehold. He's like, yeah, okay. We were talking. There it is. Matt, blessings. Frank Turek. Wow. So, First of all, I don't even know how you read that. <laughs> like that <laughs> signature. That's how you know you're famous. When yeah. You, that's, when, when, that's how you sign things. Or a doctor. <laughs> or a doctor, yeah. So that was pretty cool. That was fun. So it was, uh, yeah, you know, cool. I had stuff like basically every night this week, and then I ended it with that, but I was like, oh, this is so cool, you know. That's so, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, my my kids had their, I th- their last football game. Um which was actually a consolation game. So it was like, oh, oh, their team was so bad that they got to play an extra game. So they had a chance to maybe beat the worst, one of the worst teams. Okay. But I think they're turning out to be the worst team. Oh, no. <laughs> so I, I think they won one game the whole season. Oh. So, so yeah, but bad, but. Uh, and then Tuesday, or um, Tuesday, Saturday. They had a, another competition, and we had a wedding. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, you were out with us there. Which was a lot of fun. That was, uh, that was, it was, a, it was a beautiful time. place, too. Beautiful oh, yeah, place. I thought the same thing. And Melissa, Melissa, you know, really had a very elegant dress. And, yes, you know, yeah. So it was a very nice time. And then Sunday afternoon, the kids had another competition in Tom's River for regionals. Okay. So what it means is that basically they are regional champions in their division, which is based upon size. Okay. And then next Sunday, uh, Sunday, no, next Saturday, I'm sorry, will be their states. So this is okay. like, and, okay. then, and then they're down for the season. So nice. Thank, thank God. Because <laughs> we're at that point where like, like since, since like before September, every weekend has been yeah. banned. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes just, mo- most of it just Saturdays, but then game Friday night, sometimes, most of them times been like two competitions on a Saturday, which is a lot. Okay, yeah, that's a lot. So, so I'm thankful that things are starting to slow down a little bit. Just yeah. in time for Christmas and things to pick up again. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, this is such a, this is like the busiest time of year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, Daniel, he plays, he's on the drum Trumpet. line? Trumpet. Oh, he plays trumpet. Yeah, he plays trumpet. He um, 
he does he he was playing drums for a worship team here at the church and i think he's interested in it uh but his primary instrument is trumpet okay well i was like me i played trumpet growing up and then i yeah i played drums at church and now i just play drums but yeah i learned trumpet that was my instrument yeah and my my primarily instrument was drums and then i learned guitar for church okay you know, because it's hard to sing to drums if it's just you. <laughs> you yeah. know, because my youth group was kind of like there was, we had no music, so. Um, and and then I, I learned bass for here because we already had guitar players and drum players, and now, now I'm never in big church to play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's just it's hard. You know, I, I miss I miss playing. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I miss playing and not even. Like, I, I do worship with the kids on Wednesday nights, but I miss playing, like, in a band setting, even yeah. just more of an orchestra-type feel, too. You know, I miss those things. I miss marching band, too. Watching them play, I'm like, oh, I wish I could be out there with the drums. Yeah. Because the drum lines are so cool. The drum line is so cool. Yeah, I never yeah. did that. And that, I mean, they're awesome. I, like, they just sound cool. And, like, yeah, the drum line is definitely awesome. Yeah. So, last thing, and I'll stop talking about marching band, but... The uh, Sunday night, the one band who was there, um, it was competing in a different division than our kids. Um, <clears throat> but their uniform, their school mascot is the Highlanders, okay, which is a Scottish, whatever. So their drum, their 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 all their uniforms, the band's uniforms, where they all had to wear kilts. Okay. So and then they had big fur vest. Yeah. You know, like so. So I'm like. I don't think I like their uniform. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean, they were good. I mean, they were good. They were okay, and they they played bagpipes too. But they did bagpipes before they actually started their show, so it's kind of like that's a little odd. Part of the show. Just, yeah, it wasn't yeah. part of it, so it's a little odd. But What's Jackson? What's their thing? Jackson? Jackson? Uh, their mascot? They're the uh, Li- uh, Liberty Lion Band. So it's the Lions. Okay. All right. You know, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool logo, cool yeah. mascot, and then their uniforms are red, gray, red and gray are their uniforms, okay. and then their drum majors either wear an all white uniform or an all gray uniform, depending on what they're doing. Yeah. So, um, uh, and then I, and then what is Memorial's Jaguar? So the two schools are big cats. Okay. And they have similar colors. Yeah. So I think Memorial is black is mainly black and red, mm-hmm. and Liberty is mainly mainly gray and red. You okay. Know, so they. You know, try and to wait, I, I just want to know what. So what does Elizabeth play? Again? She plays flute. Flute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She I plays flute and is the section leader for the flutes or whatever. Nice. Okay. So. So yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's talk about the. Sunday sermon, and really, <clears throat> we could talk about the last two weeks because we didn't get to record last week uh, with a couple things going on. So, th- in being in this stand series, stories in the book of Daniel, and uh, the second week was stand up. And I love this quote that Pastor Jeff opened with. I think you, you're the one that knew about this quote, actually. Yeah. Warren, Warren Wearsby, yeah. he's, uh, I think, famous pastor, written commentaries and stuff. Love without truth is hypocrisy, but truth without love is brutality. And just a really great quote, and the way Pastor Jeff used it in the sermon I thought was great as well. And talk about just, you know, standing up, when we stand up for what's right. And Daniel, the way he stood up to King Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 4, and he go he went beyond 
his job of simply interpreting, he gave advice as well. He's like, hey, you need to stop sinning. And uh, <clears throat> I thought it was a great message. And he talked about prayerful confrontation. We pray, God, help me to confront with the goal of restoration. He talked about Galatians mm-hmm. six one. That's what mm-hmm. it says to restore gently and humbly. And that's the goal, to restore to God. And two, God, help me to confront with caution. Because in that same passage in Galatians 6, it says, you know, make sure you don't fall into the same temptation. So um, I feel like the way he handled it was very well, you know, with a, yeah. with a subject that you could run in any direction with if you wanted. Right. You know. I, I I think the culture we live in is like we have tend to, I don't want to say enjoy confrontation, but we definitely want our side to be heard. Yeah. And we definitely want to tell other people stuff. So that's why I think it's really good when it talks about um, <clears throat> that quote, like, truth without love is brutality. Like, you can correct people and not and not be demeaning to people. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think that's kind of like what the point of this was. Or, or sometimes, again, with our culture, we can either fall into, well, you have to be loving to the point where we're either passive mm. or... Or we don't want to be judgmental, quote unquote. But love involves like speaking truth to people. Yeah. But speaking truth to people needs to include love because otherwise, what's the point of speaking the truth to somebody if all our goal is just to crush them? You know yeah. what I mean? So, so, you know, when he talks about, you know, confront with the goal of restoration, uh, we don't want to confront just to show how smart we are, how right we are, you know, but really because scripturally it's about we're walking this together and i want to see you reach the end goal yeah Yeah, and actually um an example uh, did i say this in the podcast i don't think so so if i did well you'll remember it again uh i read in a book recently but he was talking about uh toy story woody and buzz how this is this is a great example of this where if you remember in the first movie uh they're at the gas station. You know, the, the whole movie, he's been telling him, you're a toy. Mm-hmm. Woody's mm-hmm. like, you're a toy. Yeah, yeah. So finally at the gas station, though, he tells him, like, you are a toy. And Buzz says, you are a sad, strange little man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, But the guy's point was, he's like, well, look, let me, let's. the thing is, Woody is correct. He is right, and he's speaking the truth to Buzz. Mm-hmm. But he's doing it in such a wrong way to the yeah. point where Buzz is like, you're ridiculous. Like, I want nothing to do with you. And he's like, the truth is they actually need each other to get back to Andy. It was just kind of the guy's point in bringing up the example. But Woody was correct in bringing up the truth. But the way he did it, yeah, Buzz it, wasn't receiving it. It wasn't loving. He actually hated Buzz, which is half of why he was going that way anyway. And, and like, we're not responsible for how people receive stuff. You know, in other words, like, if I say, hey... I, I think this is wrong and the person gets mad. We're not responsible for them getting mad. However, we are responsible for how we present truth. Yeah. And if our goal is just, I just want to blast you with it. Uh, I, I don't think that honors Christ in the fact that it doesn't bring a person. Like, I'm not going to hear what you're saying if all you're doing is blasting me. Yeah. But if I feel like you care about me, then even if you say something that's truthful and, and is maybe hurtful because I don't want to hear it or whatever, at least after a while I can process that and know that you're saying that because you care about me. But if I feel like you're just telling me the truth because 
you have something you want to say or a bone to pick or because you feel like you've got it right and I've got it wrong, then then I don't really care what you have to say. And yeah. maybe that's wrong in my attitude, but I do know that like relationship matters in those moments. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, so <clears throat> let's do this. Being that it's a Monday morning recap as well, what's kind of fun too is being able to go uh, a little deeper than maybe you can on a Sunday or a lot of things mm-hmm. you got to shave out or just yeah. uh, going to those questions, right? So Rebecca actually asked me this after this sermon in chapter four, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, he has the vision. It's about him losing his mind. And Daniel says that. And then it's fulfilled, but God restores him. So Rebecca was like, you know, what what's out there as far as like what happened to him? Like, you know, <laughs> is there anything there? Is there some kind of mental illness he had or do we simply understand it as a divine work of God, a one-time thing? So I was like, that's a really interesting question. And that's the sort of question I have when I listen or read something like that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. what what were some of the things we were both looking some stuff up, yeah. Pastor Todd, but what are some of the things you were uh, finding there? All right. So, so I have a DSM, which is a diagnostic and statistical manual. It's, it's like, w- Basically, it has a description of a lot of mental disorders, and these are the things that kind of define that mental disorder. And it's not meant to necessarily pigeonhole people, but it's meant to help. Because when you're having to write up insurance and stuff, these things help for um, being clear in communication. You know what I mean? Like, this is what we're going on. And um, some people view this book as horrible. (laughs) You know, but the truth is, I think it's more of like it can be a really helpful tool for when people are talking about struggles they have. Like or if they say, oh, I got schizophrenia. I'm sorry. I'm going off on tangent. But, you know, it helps you understand, well, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. It's supposed to be a tool. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of did a little a little bit of looking around in it. And I'll be honest, it I don't find anything that very clearly says when people think they're animals or people act like animals, right. it's this mental whatever. So you have to kind of look at like some of the clues and you know, I'm, I don't know if I'm far off in this, but the one thing that I saw that there's two things that I saw, maybe schizophrenia. Okay. Possibly, you know, sometimes where you have like that break with reality and, um, you lose touch with what's real because of either hallucinations or, you know, or whatever. Or, and this one is probably a stretch, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway, disassociative personality disorder. Okay. Where where it can be, we used to call it multiple personalities, whatever, but it, it can be this idea where there's a break and a different animal personality takes over, possibly, if you were looking for a, a, an official diagnosis. Right. And then the one last thing that doesn't necessarily come from that, but I think falls um, uh, is a term that's like rarely used, but there's something called clinical lycanthropy. Oh, where, okay. That's, so that's what I had found too. Okay. okay. Where people sometimes either feel like they turn into animals or become animals. And so... Um, it could be it, uh, if we're trying to like frame it in modern language, right? Maybe it would fit one of those, yeah, you know, criterias and di- diagnoses, or, or maybe God's just like, you know what? 
and there is no diagnosis for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I'm trying to make a point here. So, yeah, yeah but, but it's, I do, I do sometimes think about when I read through scripture and I read uh, different things about how we would interpret that to that type of behavior or whatever today. You know? Right. So I think this is a cool question. Yeah, definitely. That's the one that I had seen, like lycanthropy. Uh, there was another one, boanthropy, I think, that it's basically the same thing. Uh, maybe boat, boat. That's probably more like they think they're a cow or something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like lycanthropy is more about thinking you're like a dog, a wolf, okay, something yeah. canine. So you that's know? what I had read. They said, yeah, if it were, if it could be categorized today, it may fit that. It's obviously super extreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And um, I did read in one place they were like, oh, maybe it could simply mean he was exiled away from society and lived in the wilderness by himself. But right. The Bible is painting it as more extreme than just living outside the city. Yeah. I, I, I definitely he think was insane. Like the, the word that sometimes we apply to like that is like psychosis, which is a breaking from reality. Okay. I think this guy broke from the reality of his humanness. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm using it in a proper term there, but, but definitely an idea where something broke in his mind. Yeah, you know, and he became, he became an animal as far as his behavior, his thinking. And what you know. I really like about certain depictions, like I still haven't watched the Chosen series, but a lot of people, a lot of women actually, lol. But a lot of people are telling me I gotta check it out. I'm sure I'd love it. I, I do have to watch it at some point because I love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I've brought up before. I love the Bible series that was like 2013. Okay, it got a little more flack at the time. Uh, cause they're like, oh, they changed things. But I'm like in the chosen, what everybody's telling me, I'm like, there's a lot of embellishment, but in a good way, it helps it come to life right. in that way. So I really liked, there had a whole episode on Daniel. The whole episode was Daniel. It was like an hour long. And when Nebuchadnezzar was in it, he was wild to begin with. Like he was, he was a warrior and he was scary. Like he, you know, he killed people personally, like the king from Jerusalem. He killed his sons in front of him and then blotted out his eyes personally. So now I don't know if he personally had done it, if it's if it quite says that in Scripture, but the depiction of him being like this wild guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at later, when he does lose his mind, they don't highlight that so much in the episode. You know, they can't show everything, but they right. do show that happening to him. Uh, basically, Daniel goes to the dungeon, and you see him chained up. So kind of like he's losing his sanity. Yeah, like he had lost his sanity. So he he's not in the wilderness. He doesn't act like an animal he just he just looks insane but i'm like it was so believable because i'm like this guy was already like a little unhinged and then now like daniel's talking to him he's he's like he's talking to him as a friend he's like i feel sorry for what's happened to you may god you know change your fortune or i don't remember what he says but i i remember just finding myself you could read it and feel like it's a little unbelievable but you're like all right you know obviously god it does whatever but when I see it played out in front of me, yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I, I, I think, um, right, maybe maybe the Bible's description of he became like an animal is the description of, like, he, he, he literally went insane to the point where, like, he didn't care for himself. He dropped all cultural, right. like, um, and social... Uh, uh, appropriateness you yeah. know what i mean yeah and if you if you if you look at it that way then it is kind of believable yeah you know you yeah know, it's as far as like it's it makes it less biz- 
bizarre right. when you're reading scripture. I'm like, really? He became an animal? Did he have claws and stuff like that? Well, I mean, if he's running around with not having any personal hygiene, right? He, he probably was animalistic. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's just it, it's cool to ask yeah. a question, pick it apart a little bit. You uh, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's, and it helps us to relate to it better if we can. Because remember, we're reading. We're reading a book written in a different language mm-hmm. that is two, over 2,000 years old. And so sometimes when we read it with today's understanding, it's hard for us to relate to it only because we're not always understanding the context of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you try to like, okay, well, what? how would that – like if we saw something like that happen today, how would we categorize it? How would we put it? And then – Oh well, if you're talking about mental illness and him acting like this way and 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 having this break with reality, it makes sense. Yeah. And so now I can relate to it a little bit better, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So another one I want to share too uh, is in so that's chapter four, and I preach on stand strong. It was in chapter six, Daniel the Lions Den, but in between Daniel chapter five, uh, so after Nebuchadnezzar is the king of Babylon. There's another king, Belshazzar, and it seems like maybe he's like his grandson or something. There, there may not be a relation, but you know, so he's the king at the time. And this was really cool. What I found, there's a guy I follow named Titus Kennedy, Dr. Titus Kennedy. He's an archaeologist. Uh, he's bi- biblical archaeology is like his thing. I got his book. He's got another one coming out. I like, I follow him on Instagram. He's always like posting like where he's at. I'm like, dude, this guy, like, <laughs> this is so cool. Like Indiana Jones of the church, dude, for real. <laughs> like, it's like for real. That's like how he is. So, uh, anyway, he had posted this. This was just so cool to me when I had read this in Daniel five. Um, basically, you know, he's saying I have the blog post here. I guess I won't read the whole thing, but uh, a former major historical issue with the Book of Daniel was a reference to the Babylon Babylonian ruler named Belshazzar. So he's in five. Chapter five is his main story. He's also in seven and eight. No ancient evidence had been recovered to confirm his existence until archaeological discoveries brought new information to light. Skeptics asserted that uh, the book of Daniel was historically inaccurate, full of alleged errors like mythical Belshazzar. He's not really real. Uh, Basically, oh yeah, and in the book of Daniel, Belshazzar offers the third place in the kingdom as a reward instead of the more obvious second place in the kingdom. Right, that's Daniel five, chapter seven. So this puzzled scholar, since Belshazzar is referred to as the king in the book of Daniel, why would he offer the third position? However, a clay cylinder was found in the temple of Shamash. I don't even know what a lot of this is in the city of Sapporo. Okay, it, basically there was an inscription about King Nabonidus, I think, of Babylon and his son Belshazzar. And so now this is what's called the Nabonid- Nabonidus cylinder. Basically, that Belshazzar was the firstborn son of this guy, mm-hmm. and they were co-regents together during the lifetime of Daniel. Uh, it explains how the firstborn son of Nebuchadnezzar was installed as ruler in the absence of his father. His father basically took a leave of absence. Uh, it looks like it was for maybe religious reasons or something. Uh, he was on like a religious quest, so he wasn't around, and Belshazzar is the king in his place. So basically, and he names a couple other documents, but he says, these three documents reveal that Belshazzar was made acting king in Babylon while his father, Nabonidus, uh, Nabonidus, I don't Nabonidus, maybe that's how you say it, the last king of the Neo-Babylonian Empire was away from the capital. Since Nabonidus was still alive and the primary king, he was the first in the kingdom, 
Belshazzar, his son, and heir. Co-regent was second in the kingdom, and thus Daniel could have only been offered third place in the kingdom as a reward. So, I don't know if that was a lot of information. I thought that was like the coolest thing when I had read that. You know, yeah, it's, it's not like you need those things to affirm scripture, but it's definitely cool when you hear about some of these discoveries, and they're like, "Oh yeah, like this is, this is like when the Bible talks about this. Here's evidence towards that. It is exciting." Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it it it's cool because it's like it's like every time, every time they find something. I had read when I first found this guy, uh, he talked about David. And for a long time, scholars thought that David was made up because I guess there was no evidence about okay. that. And they found, uh, a, I think it was called a steely. It's got a famous name in like 1990 or 1991. And it was like this huge discovery because it, it had like the house of David on it, whatever. So we we have archaeological evidence today that that's not even a question anymore. Yeah. So it's just cool that, like, every time the Bible comes through, like, when we see this kind of evidence. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had told you before, we, you know, before I started recording about how uh, not too long ago I was reading an article about discovering, like, Egyptian uh, war ruins. Yeah. Uh, um, at the bottom of the Red Sea or whatever. And at first people were like, well, what? why would that be here? Why would this be whatever? Um, I don't know. Read your Bible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? dude, it's there. And, it's and, there and in it's, writing. Yeah. And again, I don't need that to 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 form the basis of my faith. Right. But it's so cool when you read those things and you're yeah. like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, it's just, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. So if if you're into that, hopefully that was cool. Just it's just cool when that happens, right? Um, he's got an Instagram, and I probably should have read the Instagram post. That was a little more clear. That yeah, his the father went away. He was into this cults with the moon god. Uh, put his son in charge, and when he returned, his son was dead. Empire had fallen. He was probably allowed to live. Uh, anyway, whatever. So that was pretty cool. Uh, again, some context and background stuff when it comes to uh, the book of Daniel. So I guess we could have like we talk about like one more thing. Sure. Um, you know, when it comes to prayer, uh, that's something that I had, I had brought up in the sermon yesterday. Stand strong by kneeling down to pray. Kneeling down to pray is what gives you the strength to stand. And I, uh, yeah, I did say in the first service, um, I was like, you know, it's funny. It's like the more you talk about how much you pray, kind of like the less I believe you and the less i care like <laughs> like not, not to say that you can't talk about no, it no like, I, I know what do you think i did yesterday i was like oh i pray like i mean yeah but sometimes it's like it, it comes off as being either boastful or just exaggerated yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so you know but all that to say no, no no we should i as part of the community of christ encourage each other hey right. i'm praying for you or hey i've been praying and it's been it's been challenging for me or, or, or whatever. Or yeah. sometimes it's good to inventory. I've done that before. I'm like, what is my spiritual life really look like? You know, mm -hmm. I have it in my head and I, I've written it down before. Like, this is what I do on a re regular basis. I'm like, okay, this is where I'm at. So I think those things are all good, but you want to watch it. And, uh, I didn't bring this up in the sermon, but like when I was doing research, I, th I thought of this, there was, um, I know somebody who was at, uh, uh, a pro life, rally okay okay which i would think is important yeah uh, i i went to one and this is where i heard the story uh so they had gone 
to a senator's office that was, you know, pro-choice or, or for abortion. And, uh, you know, so they're there at the rally. But then they so they're praying. They you have people speak, you know, whatever. It's yeah. a rally for like an yeah. hour. Um, but apparently one person started praying about the senator. Uh, oh, because I was thinking about how Daniel prayed publicly and stuff like that. Right. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like this where they were praying that the senator they were saying the senators like Jezebel because they want to commit murder and all these things. And God, we pray that just like Jezebel, the senator would fall from their window and die and all this stuff. I was like, oh, my gosh, what? Like, we're talking about the death of babies. That's we're, why we're doing this. <laughs> right. And then, How pro-life can you be if you're hoping somebody dies? Yeah, you prayed for their death publicly. So <sighs> the person who told me the story said they went over and unplugged the microphone. <laughs> but uh, I was like, you know, like, I, I thought of that example. Like, it didn't make sense to bring that up in the sermon. But, like... We're talking about how Daniel prayed publicly, and yeah. you know, I guess it does seem a little like, why couldn't he have just prayed silently? You know, uh, but that's not the idea. That's not the way he prayed. He didn't go on the street <laughs> right. and say, "Do things like that." You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's when you're praying for people and you're preaching at them while you're praying for them type yeah, thing. You know, that too, right? dear Lord, help them. They're so bad. They're so evil, God. <laughs> God, they just need you and need to stop doing that thing that they're doing. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I oh, that's, oh, that's rough. I mean, I mean, that kind of goes right back to where we started out with the podcast with like uh, truth. Yes, but love important. You yes. know what I mean? Those yeah. things have to go hand in hand. I have no problem with you praying, you know, if a senator is supporting something that's that's evil, sinful, praying for change, praying that they die. I don't think it's speaking the truth in love. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. not praying the truth in love at that point. But I guess, and I, sometimes I got to think if like Pastor Jamal was here because he's so, he's so good at uh, the other side, you know, like just well, what about this? What about that? So, but isn't it true though? In the Psalms, we see David pray those things, you know, God destroy my enemies, kill them, you know. So uh, he could, does. You he could does. justify it, or 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 how should we understand that? But is that where he usually ends his Psalms? Okay, that'd be one question I have. Okay, I think it's okay at times to be honest about your emotions. Mm-hmm. Right. But being honest about your emotions is also different than standing up in a crowd and saying, I hope you die. <laughs> you know what That's I mean? That's a really good point, too. You know, yeah. because yeah. one of them is like, I think a lot of Psalms, when you read through them, is someone who really wants to fall on the right side of their relationship with God and doing the right thing. But they're having these emotions. Yeah. And sometimes they're dark emotions, you know praying that your enemies die a dark feeling like I'm the only righteous one left because all these people are seeking to do evil. You know, I, I, but a lot of times as he's working through his emotions and he's speaking, you know, to God, I think they, they oftentimes land in a different place than where they started. Yeah. Yeah. But God, you're to be praised. You're the one, you're the, you're my rescue, not their death is my rescue, but God, you're my rescue, you know? And so, and I think it's also, again, context. Standing up at a public rally, praying that's calling people names like Jezebel, yeah, praying that they die publicly, tends to have a very leave a very different feel on someone's, yeah, taste in someone's mouth, yeah, especially unbelievers, as opposed to us saying, "I'm I'm I'm really struggling because I don't understand how he could 
he could stand up for these things. Yeah. He, that th- those are two different very different feels or or just praying God like change his heart, you know. That's different than saying God kill him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think I think uh, just like you talk to your friends differently than what you would talk than how you would speak if you were on a platform trying to be in a professional yeah you know i think how we speak to each other as believers and work through our feelings is different than how we would speak publicly with unbelievers hearing us not that i'm talking about hypocrisy no no but th- this is yeah it's a good example like if you're on if you're on a platform you may say a little more like um you know, this was really tough. I really had to work through this. But um, if you're with a friend working through it, maybe saying honestly, like, this is how I really feel. Like, I just wish this would happen or something like that. So, yeah. So, um, I mean, it's, um, yeah, sometimes there's a proper place and a proper way to talk about things. Yeah. Because, yeah. And, and honestly, I feel like when you're praying for people to die, but you're at a pro-life rally, like you're really kind of like, uh, uh, in conflict with your message. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I sometimes get frustrated by that. Cause like, sometimes we're like pro-life, you hear people speak about, you know, like abortion or whatever, but they also speak about like, again, I can't wait, you know, the, we need to go in and wipe those people out, drop a bomb on them or so, stuff right. like that. And yep. I'm, I'm like, yeah. But if we're pro-life, that doesn't necessarily mean we have to be pro-people doing evil things. Right. But if we're pro-life, then I believe that everyone is made in the image of God. Yeah. And everybody has the potential to be redeemed by God. Yeah. And even even people who do evil things, and I know this is easy to say when I'm not being victimized by them. Yeah. But uh, But I also know that God didn't say when you become a Christian, you're made in his image. Yeah. You were created in his image, period. And so even if you do evil things, you're still created in his image. And so to wish that that image be destroyed, I, I think is funky. I'm not like, I'm not trying to downplay suffering and pain from those things, but do, do, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, I yeah. think it's, I think we have to check ourselves sometimes and say, okay, this person has really hurt me, but but there's still somebody God created and that's, that's hard. That's, that's really hard in those moments of pain and suffering and stuff. But, yeah. uh, I think it's important sometimes to think through those things, you know? Yeah. I know. I, I like a lot of what you said, like, um, you know, David's being honest about his emotions in the Psalms. He doesn't end there most of the time. Uh, it's privately to God instead of publicly in front of people. And I also think too, of, um, Jesus's words to pray for your enemy, uh, love your enemies, pray yeah. for those who persecute yeah. you. So he kind of does elevate it as well. We do see in scripture, maybe David used some of this language, but now you see D- Jesus challenge you to go to the next level and to pray for those who persecute you or whatever. Yeah. And um, so that'd just be another thing I'd add to that. And you know what? Like as much as I would hate to say this, but I am sure I've hurt a lot of people and I don't want them praying that I die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and who of us has never hurt somebody? And not, not necessarily intentionally, but who of us have never hurt somebody? Who of us have, have, have been 100% perfect in all we've said and done? You know, who of us don't do things that we regret and look back later and be like, ugh. 
you know, and if in that moment someone was praying for me to die, I mean, what hope is there of my reconciliation? What hope is there of my redemption? Yeah. If I had died in that moment because someone prayed I would die because I didn't, I I had done something that really offended them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So mm. please don't pray that I die. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I'm not praying. That. <laughs> okay. And I won't pray that you die either. Uh All right, cool. So uh, as we wrap up today, we'll make it quick. We usually have a little bit of uh, nerddom going on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. DC Fandom, what are you excited about that you saw? Okay, so first of all, I have seen all three of, all three of these trailers that you yes. have a note here about. Yes. Flash, Batman, Black Adam. Yeah. And I noticed at the end of the Flash trailer, which is like, what, like 30 seconds long or oh, something yeah, it like was that. Like super so tiny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there there was like three flashes. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And w- one was Ez- a girl, I think. One was a girl, I think. And, and one, one was, was like a younger. Was it another Ezra Miller? Like it was. I think him. it was Ezra, but I think like younger or something, okay. or just a different style about them or something. Yeah. So that looked cool. I I, I kind of think the Batman one is looking kind of. So it looks really good, and I'm yeah. a huge Batman fan, so no duh gonna see it. But I will say this, like. I'm such a huge fan of the Nolan movies. They were coming out when I was in high school. Then I liked Ben Affleck. Like yeah, I had to yeah, get over yeah, the fact yeah, that yep. Bale wasn't coming back. They weren't making more. But then I was like, you know, Ben Affleck was good. I like him. I actually really like him. And then it's like, oh, JK, somebody else now. So I'm a little like, yeah, yeah. that. And then I don't like how everything's like, oh, we're going to really see a dark take on Batman. I'm like, what do you think every Batman movie has been? That was Batman vs. Superman. We're the like, on- here's a dark take on Batman. Right. Like, the only dark take I haven't... Uh, uh, the only not dark take on Batman that I've ever seen is Adam West. Adam West, yeah. <laughs> so, like, every time. So, I'm a little like that, too. It looks like they're like, oh, we're going to see like we're gonna see a dark Batman this time. I'm like, <laughs> or, or like, we're going to see a darker side. I'm like, how many? I saw right. one comment that said, by the year 2040, we're going to have a darker side of Batman. It's going to be two hours of a black screen. <laughs> and it, <laughs> I was like, and, yeah. And to be honest, even how they film stuff yeah. has been really, like, like what's going on? I can't see because it's all shadows, you know. Sometimes, yeah. you know, so it's like, no, it's it's okay. You don't have to keep making it darker and darker and darker, yeah. you know. So I I, mean, I don't want to be too much of a hater. It looks yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah, no, it I'm looks interested. Good. I'm and interested. it looks stylized. I'm hopeful. Yeah. I'm hopeful. Yeah. Uh, Black Adam. Yes, I gotta say, I think I'm actually I may be the most excited about that. That was cool. Okay, it did look cool. It yeah. did look cool, and and in it, Black Adam is not a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. But there I, I so I'm not sure how they're going to put a spin on that so that you're rooting for him. Right, right. You know, because I I think I think they're going to try to make him like the anti-hero, right. you know. But but I have to say that little clip was was, was kind of cool. super epic. And then I was like, dude, how's anybody going to fight this guy? In like 10 seconds we saw like this raw power like yeah. Who who can even challenge him? It felt a little bit at the beginning it felt a little bit like for those of you who have seen this movie, I don't know, Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. Okay. Because they're reading the inscription. Oh, yes. Y- you know, like like they did from the from the one book. And then all of a sudden the lightning starts and he's alive again. You know, yeah. they're black at him. But I, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I was worried that the, some of the DC movies were just, it was just the DC universe was going to die. Yeah. yeah. 
but it looks like there's some hopeful things. And actually, I think I think Aquaman has another one they're working oh, on too. Yes, I, in the Lost Kingdom that. or something like yeah, that. Something yeah. like that. And they're trying to. I think Wonder Woman. I've heard is going to be maybe one more, and then that Wonder Woman's kind of done. Okay. Which is uh, all right, whatever. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to hopefully DC making yeah, s- you know, some good stuff. Some yeah, good stuff. Aquaman yeah, yeah. was good. Aquaman two hopefully would be good. I loved Shazam. That yeah. was hilarious. And I and I think what I liked about it is they didn't take themselves too seriously. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. He had his superpowers. Yeah, it was action, but it wasn't like. I'm Shazam. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, it, just, it didn't feel like that they were trying to take it too seriously. You know, yeah. like, I don't know. I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty exciting stuff. So just, just had to bring it up before yeah, yeah. we do it on the podcast. But, hey, if you have been joining us today, thanks so much for being here. This has been Pastor Matt. And Pastor Todd. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.